Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcast Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolutionary planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the science of life and the science of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you'll be enabled to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to Deborah's Healing Kitchen with your host, author, speaker, and myth culinary expert with Dr. Joel Pukum's EQ Medicine Professional Alliance, Miss Deborah Peak Haynes. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Hello, how are you? And we welcome again one of our um, one of our favorites today. We have welcome with everyone us, to Deborah's Healing uh, Kitchen. We have with us Deborah who P. is Kane. an advocate for health, wellness, and the community. And just like to say, this woman is a hard worker, but not just a hard worker, but she's strategic in what she does, and she is just engrossed in the farming industry, the um, uh, gardening, anything healthy that can come from the ground to help our people. And so I just want to welcome her once again back to Deborah's Healing Kitchen on the Jewel Network. Darcy, how are you today? I'm fabulous. How about you? I am doing well now that I'm talking with you. I just went out and looked at the garden at the church, and it looks well and wonderful. So thank you for that. Uh, that was a nice um, a break from my day to see the wonderful garden and to see the healing works of the Lord in person. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you all for allowing me to do my craft. I'm so excited. Well, good, good. Well, I want to talk a little bit about with everything that's going on in the world, um, you know, there's some of the simple things we forget about. And um, you have always been um, a cheerleader, so to speak, with, you know, the things that are really simple we overlook, that's in our heritage, that we don't always um, engross in our community, but it's, it's coming back. And so today I want to talk about, you know, herbs and how herbs are so beneficial for so many things. And you have given me some insight. I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with some herbs, but you have given me even more insight. And I want you to tell us um, 
tell us a little bit about some herbs that uh, we may not know about or that we don't often use in the melanated community or the African-American community that would be beneficial. And this is for anyone, but I specifically want to know what are some of the herbs that we may not be as familiar with that could be very beneficial to us. Definitely. The number one herb that I would love to talk about, I got to see it in New York. I got to see it in Detroit. I've gotten to see it here in Dallas, and it is actually growing at the Friendship West Baptist Church Garden. It is called mugwort. Mugwort is also, yes, M-U-G-W-A-R-T. And Uh it is wonderfully medicinal for it's very systemic so it is it will get to the root of most of your issues um, for realignment but it grows wild and most people mow Mm. right over it and nobody really really knows what it looks like looks like a weed but I will be taking pictures of it Um, there's one bed that we did not grow in that has the mugwort in it, and that's the only thing that's in it. And I hope to magnify and uh, continue to replicate that particular herb because of all of what it does. It is a wonderful, um, yes, and we didn't plant it. Like, it's just there. (laughs) Wow, you didn't plant it. So, so Darcia, when you were in Detroit, when you were in New New York, were people there familiar with it to the point where they didn't want to get rid of it or they didn't think it was a weed? Did they understand? Yes. So the uh, because when I do travel uh, the nation, I am linking up with farmers. So a lot of times what happens is I will identify it by mugwort, and then I'll have a technical person and say, oh, no, that's Artemisia vulgaris you know, and they'll give me the technical term, and then I have another person that might tell me it's called something else. So what I run into, we Mm -hmm. might all call it something different. But at the end of the day, we all understand that this is a wonderful medicinal um, herb that we should not ignore, um, and it grows wild. And to me, if you are – in a situation where you see a lot of different types of weeds in your grass, not knowing what the grass looks like in the weeds is two different things, but we are mowing over and we are putting weed killer on our medicine mm. that the universe, that the Almighty wants us to ingest. And because it's so plentiful, that means we're supposed to be ingesting it more often. Wow, that's really that's really insightful. That's that is good. That is good. Um, so you will have to show me the mug ward, and we'll have to look at how we're going to use it. So, do you make a tea with it, or how how do you know to use it? Are you still researching it? So yes, you do make a tea with it, and it has a very good respiratory and digestive issues based on our corona and COVID-19 situation, you are going to want mm. your gut to be as healthy as possible. So the the right. ability to actually digest this, and it helps with many different uh, diseases and alignment problems within the digestive system, the small intestines, the whole nine, but also the respiratory issue. Um, so those two coupled together makes it, a huge benefit right now that is 
probably in everybody's yard, including those who live in apartments. Wow, wow. And then for people who live in apartments to be able to go out and say, oh, that's what that is. So we're going we're gonna to take a picture of it, so we're going to post it so people will know what it looks like. Because we, we've Definitely. all probably been walking over it all this time. Right. Now, I that is good. highly suggest that people don't just harvest it and use it if they are in apartments or they see it at their school or whatever because you don't know how they're treating the land. You don't know the uh, right. pesticides right. or the insecticides or the fact that people are um, doing a lot of fertilizing right now, but they might not always use the natural and organic, you know, permaculture way as we are trying to teach. So I just advise people to look for it. And if anything else, maybe take, it it does go to seed. So, you know, maybe taking the flowerette off of it to maybe replant. There's so many different ways. Or just going to your local nursery, not your Home Depot, not your Lowe's, but your local nursery Mm -hmm. and asking them for mugworts. And it has a wonderful uh, fragrance to it. Um, it is used in oriental dishes, teas, baths. Uh, they burn it, and they also put it on their third eye, which we consider, can consider our first eye, um, on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to um, help, you know, calm the brain and um, induce your memories as well. So there was a whole different type of, uh, opportunity for people to use it when they were, um, you know, in all health. And even in saunas in Asia, they will put mugwort in the saunas because as the heat penetrates the body, they're also using it there again for the respiratory issues that they might have or trying to um, alleviate as the seasons change. This would be that perfect herb to incorporate if you're having allergy problems because it also has a very good um, ability to reduce uh, inflammation. And so that's mm-hmm. wonderful right now as well. That That is so rich. That is really rich. And I was just thinking about there's a brother that's not far from here who actually has put together this wonderful sauna, just individual sauna for people that, you know, don't feel comfortable going into those places. And I am going to make sure that we can tell him about mugwort. And it may already be in the sauna, I don't know, but that's a great idea, and I will definitely share that with him. So tell us a little, little bit more about lemongrass, because we have a lot of lemongrass. It seems to be very hardy, and, uh, you know, I've had it in um, Asian soups. Um, but you had given me some other ideas of how to use it. So do you know any medicinal um, uh, uses for uh, lemongrass? Because uh, we have plenty of it. Anybody wants to come and get some lemongrass, you know, we have plenty of it in our <laughs> garden. So yes, tell us do. more about it. Definitely. So because I'm from up north and we had deer issues, um, I just – that was one of the herbs that they used always to make sure that um, insect repellent uh, deers didn't actually trample your trees, the trees that they wanted to, um, you know, eat off of or ruin, or they might mm-hmm. have been small trees. So the to repel insects, to repel rodents, and to repel mosquitoes because of the citrus flavor, um, that is what, 
in my opinion, you would use lemongrass for. And then because it is so big and it grows so massively and it doesn't need that much nutrients, it's easy to grow. But once you chop off those tops, the tops can be used for mulch in your garden. The same way people in the tropics would use palm trees, um, you know, to cover mm. their ground to make sure that, you know, because it's an, it's an element that will protect the soil and maintain moisture mm. in the soil. So it's so good there. But even if you had too much on the ground and it's getting cold outside, a lot of people have fireplaces. A lot of people, when they camp, they need some sort of material um, other than a cotton ball and a Vaseline, which is what I show the girls for Girl, for troop, uh, Girl Scouts. I show them the truth yes. how to oh, maintain a fire. But you can mm-hmm. definitely use the tops of the lemongrass to uh, create a fire starter, and it burns really slow, and therefore now you don't have to add so much paper. You don't have to have too much um, smoke because you have this one item that can that can totally start your grill too. Okay, so does it when you burn it? Does the top? Do they have any type of scent as well? They do. Um, it's not as potent as the actual, um, you know, the bottom, the root, but it does have mm-hmm. a wonderful citrus smell. And it can be used in teas. It can be used in your bathtub, um, the tops or the bottoms. But it's just the bottom part, the root area, has the most flavor. um, And, you know, it's the best part to use for lemonade. Um, We also are growing pineapple sage or pineapple basil. So adding the pineapple basil and that lemongrass to a – uh, a, a glass of water, let that sit overnight. Now you can talk to your children about colorless Kool-Aid. <laughs> so now you don't have to use any mm. dyes, but you'll have a wonderful lemon, um, you know, pineapple flavor. But the medicinal properties mm-hmm. of lemongrass are that of, of, of citrus, you know, vitamin C, um, definite anti-inflammatory, but aromatherapy too, because it helps you concentrate. Anytime you get to your tangerines and your citrus uh, smells, mm-hmm. uh, those are the the ways that you can study. You know, those are very calming. Mm-hmm. And once again, back to respiratory. So we have that mugwort, and now we're talking about lemongrass. With both, they can definitely magnify your respiratory health. Wonderful, and that is so needed now because we need some calming and we need some focus and all of that. So now let's move on to something that many people may know something about, but I want to get your insight on basil. And it seems to be very hardy and that it grows, you know, freely because we have we also have a lot of basil. So um, yes. Do you use basil in your cooking, and what are some of the medicinal uses? Yes, I do use basil. I love to grow basil and tomatoes together because they have a mutualistic relationship. It's very symbiotic, and they make sure mm-hmm. that each other has what each other needs. They communicate with each other. So it's always good mm. to grow them together. Um, but when it comes to consumption of basil, for me, that is another uh, digestive aid for me. And because it has mm-hmm. the ability to um, extract poisons. So we are mm-hmm. constantly consuming 
things that we are, you know, we think that we're eating this particular soup in this can. However, there's 15 ingredients that don't have to be listed on these labels. So you don't know the toxicity. Yes, you don't know the toxicity of the items that you consume holistically unless you're actually Mm -hmm. making it yourself. Mm -hmm. So with that said, you must assume that there are toxins that you need to withdraw from your your diet, from your produce that you're actually consuming. So if I'm eating uh, tomatoes and I might not, they might not be in season for me here because our season's coming to an end. But if I'm buying right. tomatoes from the store, I don't know how they were grown. They're hothouse or whatever the variety is. I do want that basil to accompany my tomatoes because I want to mm. extract anything from those tomatoes that might not uh, be healthy for me, if, no, if nothing else, just minimize. You know, you might not be able to right. do everything because you just don't know. Um, so th- that's right. how I would like to think of it. But basil has also been monumental since I have been in and out of my eyesight. Basil has been helping me with my headaches. So mm. that's one way I use it. And then sleep disorders. Um, it's supposed to have a calming effect to it, very similar to lavender. It's just that we are kind of geared towards the lavender smell, and that's kind of coined for rest. But basil does mm-hmm. give you a, a warm type of security feeling. Um, just think about people right. walking in their house and they might be, you know, cooking that good old lasagna or spaghetti or something of that nature, and that basil is present. Right. You know, you just feel a little safer in life. <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah, it does give you that warm and fuzzy. Yes, and then um, anti-inflammatory for mucus as well. So those are the reasons why I would ingest basil. The reasons why I continue to grow it is to make sure that the tomatoes can thrive with something. But it Mm -hmm. just seems to be that Mm -hmm. wonderful piece when we're talking to the children and we're providing aromatherapy opportunities for them. I have a cool video. I don't know if I've sent it to you that – some little two-year-olds, one- and two-year-olds were, like, smelling the basil, and they were just, like, taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I, I really, I need to see that. I need to see that. So I need to have you send it to me again. Well, tell me, in the colder months, um, are are there any particular types of herbs that can survive the colder months? Like, I see rosemary all the time, everywhere, and it seems like it can withstand a lot of different types of climate. So tell me, what other herbs, or is it true what I'm thinking about, rosemary, that can grow yeah, in the colder It's going to survive. It might not flourish, you know, in the winter, but it's going to maintain. It reminds me of the evergreen. It reminds me of the pine tree. Um, it's going mm-hmm. to be there for you. It has an antifungal property to it. And that is what you're really, really uh, wanting to ingest. Whatever can withstand the cold is very hardy and it's very strong. But it's, it's because it's withstanding the cold, it's going to prepare you for the diseases that are present in that particular season. Mm. So because wow. it can stand still, I'm going to I'm going to ingest it uh, very heavily, along with parsley and cilantro even though they seem to be very delicate, you know, leaves 
and very similar, in my opinion, to the basil. However, basil will not withstand the winter, the cold, the freezes, but they, uh, cilantro and um, parsley will. Parsley being that number one go-to for the bladder. Most people believe you must go cranberry, which is very acidic, and it can do a lot of damage to other organs, including your kidneys, if you consume it in, uh, in high levels. But parsley is very kind to the bladder, and it's the number one go-to for me. And then cilantro, mm. it also has a antifungal property. But as you stated, I learned from you um, in Michigan when we were dealing with so much lead, it has the ability to draw the lead out. So, you know, right. you have different right? but these are the cold weather crops that you could start in your window and they could live outside. They might not be able to survive under 20 degrees. But when the weather mm-hmm. gets better, those herbs will bounce back. Oh, that's great. Now, I use a lot of parsley in my cooking, in my soups, or even in my salads. So um, are you uh, are you saying we should use parsley tea or eat it raw, or do you have any preference that you, which do you think is best? I think all of the above. I think that we are – uh, cheating ourselves when we have salads without herbs because that's our flavor. Right. We don't so much need the salad dressing. Um, but we're trying right. to have it. We're trying to do so. But if you could add basil, if you could add parsley, um, you know, and other greens that have a different type of flavor, now you are you're really, really holistically implementing um, the herbs and all of the benefits because we know the best, of any consumption is going to be raw. Consume right. raw, then you want to kind of go frozen. And if you can't do frozen, then you might to do dried and then, you know, canned. Right, right. Um, so have your levels of nutrients. But to maximize the amount of nutrients you ingest, I would ask you to throw it on your salad, throw it raw on top of your beans, put it in your rice, you know, in the most raw state. If mm-hmm. you have to cook with it, cool but definitely add it in raw. So now uh, what about oregano? That comes to mind. Is that a, a similar, is that a hearty one? Because I know oregano kind of helps uh, the body stay warm. Is that correct? Yes, it does. And it's also a female reproductive um, herb. So it is very hearty. Mm. It does last. And, be, you know, we had a situation where, one of our gardens, the water wasn't working. That was one of the herbs that stood strong throughout drought. Oh, wow. And can grow in horrible soil. And in my opinion, if I ever get a big enough yard um, with my next house, I will plant oregano um, throughout my yard. I would rather cut oregano um, than cut grass because I know I could actually go out there and consume it. But it's an insect repellent mm-hmm. too. So oh, okay. it is well, it's a champion. Yes. It will spread on its own. It's cute. It is you know, it, it's low maintenance. It doesn't need a lot. Very similar to sage. Sage doesn't need a lot of mm-hmm. fertilization. Um, but it just wants a lot of, of you know, maybe new soil there and here. But they are mm-hmm. very hardy mm-hmm. um and will withstand. And oregano and uh, rosemary, 
really work well together as far as seasoning blends, you think? Yes. And they're cute grown together, yeah. too. Okay, okay. Well, I want you to show me the oregano. I don't remember what that plant looks like. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. you make a really good point. If we just, you know, chop up some raw basil, parsley, cilantro, uh, even if we put a little bit of rosemary in there, that those blends is, uh, a lot of times are what it is in some vinaigrette. But if we put it in raw, like you said, we don't really need the dressing and we might want to just use just a little bit of olive oil and a dash of vinegar, of apple cider vinegar, and that could be it. Yes, um, because it we have our flavor, well which it. is what we're looking for. Yeah. Yes. And we then we can tantalize our taste buds and be yes. very happy. Very much so. so. I, I, I love even that. started to add um, an olive or two because I was needing more salt in my beans, and I knew better. I knew I shouldn't, <laughs> regardless mm-hmm, of it being mm-hmm. Himalayan or not. I'm just like, what else could I do to bring me a little more salt, you know? And then I just added those uh-huh. herbs you spoke of, and I added a, you know, a olive or two, and I was like, wow, this is it right here. This is a great balance. Right. Right. That is wonderful. We'll have to share that with our kids when we go back to teaching them as well. Um, So tell me a little bit more about those other things that grow in the garden that are unexpected, which you showed me, Witch's Claw, is that the name of it? And it grows naturally? Is that the correct name? Um, You're talking about uh, mugwort or Witch's Butter? Oh, Witch's Butter, not Claw, but it's Witch's Butter. Yes. Yes. Which is butter? Which is butter? Because I was really surprised. I was. I was trying to figure out what in the world happened. Like, what animal left this, or what insect? I couldn't (laughs) understand where this bright yellow, beautiful. I mean, it looked the contrast of this witch's butter with the radishes and the mint. No, it's not mint. It's oregano and thyme that are near it. It just was so cute. It just mm-hmm. stood out. And so um, I knew that it was something. I just didn't know if it was poisonous. That scares me because we do have children volunteers. So anytime I see right. something abnormal, I want to research it just because I'm I'm afraid of, you know, a child ingesting because it looks just, I mean, right. they're going to be attracted to it just like me. So I went to right. ask the community via Facebook, hey, guys, what is this? And um, two or three people confidently, one working with Texas A&M, um, another is within a apothecary-type uh, garden setting, and another person was just like always, has always grown up on a farm and is a rancher now, and all of them said, oh, witch's butter, witch's butter. So I looked up witch's butter and learned that it uh, minimized tumors, and it was another female-loving uh, herb or um, I guess side effects to the wood. It comes. It's born out of the wood. It has nothing to do with the garden or the soil. But this is after mm-hmm. wood has been um, settled for so long, it starts to create different medicinal properties for itself as it breaks down. No different than a plant going to seed so that it can maintain life. And so, wow! I just I was so blown away. I started nibbling on it. 
it's very, very uh, mushroom-y. It tastes, you know, it, it doesn't have yeah. a taste to me at all, but I definitely felt as if I had maybe the stalk of a mushroom, and, you know, it was uh-huh. kind of chewy. Um, but the reason I ingested it, and I thought it was for me specifically, because, as you know, I had a situation to where I had a retinal detachment and kind of went blind in my right eye. So I said, tumor reduction, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's going on with my eye, but let me nibble on this, and I don't care now that I know that it is 100% beneficial. Now, I did find other things that looked like it. I just wanted to make sure that all of them were beneficial so that I wasn't accidentally ingesting something harmful. But all of the other properties, that or the other items that looked like the witch's butter were beneficial to it just didn't have the tumor killing effect that witch's butter has right right okay well that's that's good to know um anything else uh, like that that you have found in the garden that you know is just a byproduct of just you know really working with the soil yes um two things uh number one dandelion we always overlook the dandelion we're so busy trying to get our yard 100 percent green maybe as if we own a golf course or something i have no idea Dandelion, (laughs) the whole plant is beneficial to us and so there are certain areas in the garden that you will see that i've allowed the dandelion to overgrow and two things that i'm reading from the land Number one, I'm reading where the soil is the most compacted. That's where dandelion is going Mm. to show up, where you have high traffic or somebody's constantly uh, compacting the soil. That's where you'll see dandelion because dandelion naturally Mm. is an aerator. So its purpose is to Mm. come and provide air to the soil so that we can be in harmony um, and so many different things can grow. So when I see it, I know where we are the most compacted, and I kind of know where to maybe till a little bit, um, you know, so that the crop is kind of telling me, hey, lady, if you plant over here, um, especially new plants, their roots are not going to go anywhere because there's not enough right. room. Um, it's very, very tight here. So I love right. that about dandelion. It helps me read the land a lot. And mm. the leaves are beneficial mm. for our salads. It's wonderful for our liver. Um, it has the right. ability to detox. And then the milky substance that comes out of the dandelion, because it's fresh, when you break it, when you break any kind of lettuce, you should see a milky substance. And that milky substance on the dandelion is what people use to cure their warts on their hands and things of that nature. They apply it three times oh. a day. And that will get rid of uh, warts on your hands, your thumbs, and stuff like that. And you can also put it on cuts, you know. Um, so it's just real It's real good for your immune system. And, oh, dandelion has two different right. types of properties versus the season. So if you're harvesting dandelion in the winter, it is an immune booster. But if you harvest it in okay. warmer weather, it is more for your liver and your bowels. So you have two different seasons in which you'll have two different uh, reactions. And it's kind of like the deer hunters. You know, you don't hunt deer in the summer because they have a very poisonous meat 
um, in the summer. So that's why people deer hunt when it's cold. So it's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of segues into, you know, one of the things I want to talk about before we close is how to boost the immune system. And we know if the liver is congested, that is uh, a negative impact or can be a negative impact on your immune system. So with the dandelion being harvested in the winter, which kind of makes sense because we want to, you know, protect our liver, make sure we, we're not, you know, we have we don't have a, a, too much mucus uh, in our system. Yes. And so with that said, you've already touched on a few of these, but give our listeners just uh, maybe uh, three of your top immune boosters that we can get out of the, the herbs in the garden. Definitely. Mugwort is going to be number one um, because of how many different ways it can be ingested um, and to be beneficial. You could burn it. You could meditate with it. You can make a tea out of it. You could add it into your salad. You can just have it for greenery, um, for, you know, social or what is it called, for mental health. You know, it can be one of those plants by the window in the house. It's it's great all the way around. Uh-huh. Um, and then I would say the other herb we didn't talk about would be, it has to be garlic. That one is oh, your yes, natural definitely. antibiotic. Right. Right. So, and people and worry about going, it coming out of their pores. Yes. Yes, and I say if you actually swallow a whole garlic clove versus chewing it up, you are maximizing the amount of nutrients that you can get within your gut, and you're going to leave the odor behind because it's whole. Oh, oh, that makes sense. I never thought about that. Okay, so so then we have our mugwort. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And um, garlic. inside the garlic, uh, there's certain varieties. Like if you get an elephant garlic, all of the cloves are going to be huge. But if you get like a Creole red or, you know, different varieties that have smaller cloves, they're easier for you to take like a pill. Mm, Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Is there any particular one that um, you prefer in any type of cooking or a marinade? Um, I don't have a variety that I prefer. I just know that there's so many different types of varieties um, that I've planted maybe about four different varieties so far, and everybody wanted the bigger cloves as farmers that I went to go help because we're talking about weight, and garlic is a medicinal herb, but it will sell for about 12 to $17 a pound. So the mm. farmers, in their effort to heal the community but also, you know, get paid on weight, they're all planting, like, big cloves. <laughs> so yeah, big cloves of, of garlic, right. Yes, big well, cloves well, of garlic. The, so more towards restaurants. What's the <laughs> Well, what's the third uh, herb to boost our immune system that you would recommend? Um, The third one, it is very – a lot of people are scared of it. 
I just learned a lot about it in New York with Soil and Souls, but poke salad. Oh, you know what? My my aunt used to make me pick it with her, and she would wash it and then cook it in her greens, but she told me you can't eat it raw. So yes. is that correct? You cannot ingest it raw. Um, the leaves you have to, uh, I believe, boil over and rinse three times before you can actually add it, you know, to actually ingest it, which is why when you have a combination of greens, um, you have a recipe for 30-minute collard greens, and that is very suffice. But if you had our ancestors mixing a bunch of greens together and poke salad being one, that would be why they cook the greens all day. <laughs> you know, that's really oh, not as necessary. But I think that people get it mixed up because um, that was a tradition, being that somebody was gathering multiple greens and adding them into a mixture and boiling, you know, those greens. But more so with the poke salad, the actual berries that are also toxic, but they're only toxic to be chewed up and swallowed, not to be actually taken like a pill inside the ingestive, you know, the digestive system. Oh, so you can just swallow the berries whole? Yes, ma'am. I was told I was via just... the herbalist um, at the event I was at that they needed to be harvested, washed, and frozen, and then you could take out a few throughout the winter to boost your immune system with those uh, two or two poke salad seeds or, or berries. The seeds or the or the berries. Oh, okay. Well, that's really interesting. Now, poke salad, I, when I was in Detroit during the summer with my aunt, we went mm-hmm. out to the countryside to pick the poke salad, and the poke salad was actually growing in uh, not – mud but it was very moist soil and she yes. showed me what it looked like and then she told me you know you can't eat it we have to cook it and so my thing was well if it's poisonous why are we kicking it in the first place you know and so she told me this is what they used to do in the south and they actually have it you know right outside of detroit uh, but that's interesting i had not heard about the berries that you could swallow at whole for your immune system you learn something new every day. And also I want to say this, Darcia, you really helped me under, better understand the garden because my perspective of the garden, you know, growing up we always had a garden in the summertime, and it was these nice, neat rows. Um, my father, even though my mother said it was her garden, my father really worked it most of the time. My mother just enjoyed <laughs> picking stuff from it. And I just remember, and I, you may know this, but I just think it's really interesting. My father had an old overcoat that he, when he was started tilling the ground, then he would drag the overcoat ground. And I was like, what is he doing? Why is he using this old? So he used a lot of tools that most may not understand, but he knew how to make it work for the ground. But our garden was very neat, but you helped me understand that there's also, there is also the benefit of not taking out so much out of the garden, even with 
you know, the rows of the different vegetables and herbs that are growing. So can you kind of just shed a little light on that before we, we come to a close? Because I think that's, that's very interesting to me, how you mix and match things in the garden and then explain to us what this really means and how this helps build the soil and this plant likes this plant. And it doesn't always have to be so absolutely neat. Yes, that is the biggest problem with a lot of, if you're dealing with a farmer, a true farmer or a gardener, um, aesthetics is a a huge challenge because you're dealing with the opinion of, you know, the institution or the place or the person that's hiring you, and they want things to be, you know, kind of in order. And it's hard to say sometimes, well, I'm going to grow a few of the radishes over here because I see deficiency in soil compaction, um, and I know that I need to plant something that's going to be very, very uh, with a deep, you know, sense of rooting system. Um, So I need Mm -hmm. these things to be here to break up the soil for just a second. Um, And the reason you have to do that is because, Certain plants grow, yes, in our body, but they're also benefiting the soil, and we can't uh, omit that. We can't believe that we are only harvesting and growing things for our bodies, but there's still insects and there's still reptiles and there's still rodents and there's still life beyond us, and the soil is a ecosystem of its own. So when I'm growing, mm-hmm. we know that okra is coming to an end right now, and as it starts to die off, because the leaves are not coming back as prevalent as they were, as massive as they were, it's going to let a lot more light down towards the ground, the base where the roots are. Um, So that's the perfect setup for lettuces. And the favorite thing that I love to grow under okra would always be arugula because arugula will withstand the sun in cold temperatures, but in the heat, I really wasn't supposed to plant it yet. So I needed to create an environment so that when we pulled the okra out of the ground, we weren't 100% bare with nothing in the bed. So it's about trying to make sure that we could still harvest something, if nothing. And I will go back once we actually uh, cut down that okra, we will put more seed to make it more plentiful. But with it being a lettuce, well, it will manifest itself over and over right. again. And next year, right, it will it. come back on its own. We're gonna, we're not gonna plant okra back there in the same place. You have to right. plant rotation. Well, Dar- but okra right, will come I mean, let's, let's, Let me say this: we need to do another part because we have to go. But this has been fabulous. Oh. I hope yes. everyone is inspired. Sorry I have to cut you off, but you know the time is faster. No but this is awesome. Thank you. You are amazing. And so please Thank listen you. to Deborah's Healing Kitchen again, and please visit me at DeborahPKaines.com or on Facebook, Deborah's Healing Kitchen. And Darcy is going to come back with me. And Darcy, here's uh, your website. Yes, Deborah P. Kane here each Tuesday at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Jewel Network. Hosted by thejewelnetwork.com, e4medicine.com, and deborahshealingkitchen.com for our complete broadcast schedule, additional information. And to purchase products, please visit our website at www. 
thejewelnetwork.com. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website at www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact Miss Deborah, please send your email to deborahpkane at juis.education. Follow us on Facebook at Deborah's Healing Kitchen. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast and its entirety, nor any part of this broadcast, can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening.